Welcome to Me Time, the podcast for women in midlife who've been taking care of everyone else and now say, it's my turn to take care of me. I'm Kim Aceto, health and self-care coach for women in midlife and your host. Thank you for spending your precious me time with me right now. Enjoy the show. Okay, so I've invited Jen Waller back on the podcast. Let me tell you about Jen. Jen Waller is a certified personal trainer specializing in weight loss and transformation, youth, sports performance, and the psychological aspects of physical activity. She holds certifications in fundamental move patterns, movement patterns, emotional focus therapy, TFW, twist conditioning, indoor cycling, and is a medical exercise and rehab specialist. She also holds a master's degree in clinical counseling. Jen's creative approach and unique combination of skills allows her to individualize training programs specifically to each client on a personal level, creating a fun and engaging experience. Her philosophy of 1% better every day provides a supportive relationship with her clients in moving forward and continually improving body and mind to achieve personal success. Jen has also combined her skills and approach to create the Me Project, a medically supervised weight loss and lifestyle promotion plan for those looking to transform their health. Jen Waller, welcome back to the Me Time Midlife Podcast. Thanks, Kim. I'm excited to be back. Yeah, I can't believe that I had you here about six months ago. So now we're in the middle of the year. I like to bring on a an exercise specialist in the beginning of the year to kind of talk about, you know how to, you know, get to your fitness and uh, health goals, um, you know, as you start the year, but um, I wanted to bring you back to now in the middle of the year to talk about, you know, what, what are some challenges, obstacles, what are some things that we can do to motivate ourselves to, um, you know, if we've fallen off the wagon, so to speak, um, we kind of talked about that last time, but uh, you know, how to get ourselves back into it and, and all that. And we can share our own personal stuff, but um, let's just start with, you know, what, if, where are you right now, as far as your own, you know, fitness and what, what have you been working on in your own life? So it's so fitness funny. life. So funny you say that, especially right now, because if we had been doing this a week ago, it would have been a different conversation. Um, so I know I shared, back in January that I had a goal of, of finishing a full Ironman and you know it's been such an amazing lesson and I really worked on my running through the winter because I've always felt that that's a weakness of mine and you know as, as COVID proceeded I know you know people probably are listening from all different areas we had things open and then we had them close and then you know what were things happening were they not and watching sort of you know like large events in British Columbia you know, not this year. And, you know, things started evolving. And I kind of, I think in the back of my mind, it was like, this is not happening. And I need to be prepared for a second year of, you know, this is not happening. And um, as announced a couple of days ago, we are happening. Okay. When is, when's the date? So originally it was supposed to be August 29th. They have shifted it to September 26th to be able to accommodate some of BC rules, but we are racing. Wow. Wow. Okay. So now for those listening who don't know what an Ironman is, can you explain what? Yeah, it's, um, so it's, it's a triathlon. It's a 3.8 K swim 
a 180k bike and a full marathon. So 42.2k run. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes me tired. Just thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) I would never do that. I'll just tell you that. Like I, I don't, I've never had the urge to, um, well, Okay. In grad school, one of the things, I mean, of course, hopefully I took away more than this, but um, one of the things that really stuck with me was you don't choose your sport, your sport chooses you. So, you know, based on your body type, obviously, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm almost six feet tall. I'm pushing 200 pounds. Um, I'm like, I'm strong. I'm dense. I'm not a good swimmer at all. Swimming is, is really hard for me. Um, obviously I'm, you know, sports like being a jockey or, um, you know, anything, anything having to do with, you know, endurance and being light and, and those kinds of things are not my thing. So like the running, the swimming, maybe the biking, but I mean, I don't know. Um, so what, like, what inspires you to, to put your body through the training to, to compete in something like this? And, and what are you doing this for? Why, why are you doing this? I guess. Well, I love that you just said that because while I don't have the height that you do, I would describe my body exactly the same way. Um, I do not have a triathlete body. And I think for me, it came to that place of what was I limiting myself from? Because I was telling myself a story that I wasn't able to do, you know, a triathlon for me because of my body type. And so for me, it became this, you know, well, where is my passion? And does it really matter if my body is a certain type or not a certain type? Or, you know, if that is my dream, then do I get to start taking the steps to get there? Or do I wait until something magical happens? That's probably never going to happen. And then decide to go for it. So my sort of personal mission to finishing an Ironman became, you know, I don't get to define myself a by the number on the scale b by the measurements around my waist or anywhere else in my body or see what i think society thinks or personally or whatever thinks i need to look like or where i need to be to be able to compete in something like this right. so for me it, it really became a personal vision to get out of the box that i think we define ourselves in right wow well i i really admire that i really do um, I guess what I'm saying is I don't have that passion. I think that you're talking about, and and if I did, then I think I'd go for it. But I just, I, I just don't have that. Yeah, I just, I, I like power <laughs> sports. I think is what it is. I like power sports, and I don't like endurance sports. And those are on the opposite sides of the spectrum. I think so. <laughs> maybe because I've excelled at power sports, and I have not excelled in endurance sports. Um, well, also I don't, I've never played endurance or done any endurance competition. So maybe that's a part of it, but yeah. Um, the fact that, you know, that this is something I really like about you, Jen is, you know, you, you go and do what you want, you know, and you, it it doesn't matter, you know, what your body type is or, um, what your training in the past has been, or, you know, kind of that idea of what we have, like, if all of us close our eyes, we don't have to close our eyes, but if we imagine like, you know, an endurance athlete, you know, we think of, you know, a a five, six, you know, 120 pound woman or man or whatever. And, um, you know, I think that's kind of what we think about. And then if we don't see ourselves as that, then we think, well, that's not for me. Right. But the thing about exercise, which I want to talk about 
is you, and I think we may have touched on this last time, but you have to kind of, you have to enjoy the type of exercise that you are, you're doing because you want to keep doing it. Right. So like, I find that some people just try to pick some type of physical activity that, um, they think they should do, right? Like, oh, well, I need to do this type of exercise in order to get to my goals. And they might try it, but then they hate it because it doesn't involve any of the things that they enjoy. Maybe it, maybe they're an extrovert. They like to be around people, but it's a solo physical activity. Um, you know, maybe they just, they just hate it. Right. But you got to find something you enjoy doing because that's going to keep you doing it. Totally. I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. <laughs> I think that's, yeah. I think you nailed it with that. I think sometimes, you know, whether it's personally or with clients, we kind of get this idea of what things are supposed to look like. And then we do something like I, I say to my clients, we should all over ourselves. So we kind of, it's that same sort of idea. We decide how it's supposed to look or what it has to look like or what we're told it looks like. And then if we hate it, we don't do it again. And the reality is when it comes to exercise and moving our bodies, there are so many amazing ways to do it that all have benefits. And if we decide, you know, it's just about going to a gym for an hour and running on a treadmill, then there's thousands and thousands of things that we're missing out on because it doesn't have to look that certain way. Exactly. Exactly. Now let's talk about like the weather because, um, you know, people are going to be listening right now from around the world and they have all different types of weather and, um, you know, in the summer even. Um, so, you know, what do you recommend for people, um, you know, as far as how, how can you make the weather work for you? Um, I guess, regardless of, of what it, the weather is like around people who are listening. I think, I think sometimes it's, it's that same idea we were just sort of talking about is, is not deciding what is or isn't possible in certain types of weather. I know. And I laugh about that because I went for a run the other day and it was raining and a part of me was dragging my butt and going, you know, I don't want to go do it. It's wet. It's cold. It's miserable. And I was like, I have a choice here. I can, I can complain and I could go run on a treadmill indoors, um, which I really, really do not like doing. Or I can take a deep breath and look at the weather and be like, you know what? I still get to go out and do this. And where can I go? That's going to bring me joy or bring me, you know, feeling good about myself even if it's raining. And I made that decision and I went out, um, Kim, you know, cause you're in Vancouver, but the university out here, UBC is absolutely gorgeous. And there's a wonderful trail system in there. So I chose to go run in there and I absolutely fell in love with the little drizzle and the trees and the way it smelled and people were friendly. And, you know, I decided I was going to find joy in that moment. And how do I make the weather work for me? And I think sometimes, you know, we do limit ourselves by, okay, it's too cold, it's too wet, it's too this, it's too late, it's too, you know, whatever story we can tell ourselves. And it's like, okay, but what is possible within this? So, you know, like I said, there's multiple choices. I can choose to still go out if it's raining. I could choose to run inside um, on the treadmill indoors. Now, I have a bit of a specific training plan, so I, picking different activities is a little bit different. But there's so many things that we could do indoors if, you know, if rain really is a concern, you know, whether that's a yoga video, whether that's, you know, some light weights indoors, whether that's a chair exercise, whether that's, you know, like, it's just the possibilities keep coming and keep coming. 
and when we decide that we want to be open to them. Right, right. Yeah, I think it's important to, I mean, to have a plan. So to actually, you know, make the decision that you're going to start working out again, or whatever it is, because, um, you know, let's say people listening, maybe, and this is very, very common, um, you know, you start off the year really strong in January, maybe they listened to our episode, and, you know, they were motivated to, you know, get started and to really get themselves going this year. Uh, and now, you know, six months later, um, maybe they're not where they were hoping right. they would be. Um, I mean, that's, that's its own topic as far as realistic uh, results. I think we could do a whole episode on or many episodes on that. Um, I think we, sometimes we, we make these unrealistic, uh, you know, like, goals for ourselves, you know, because in the moment in the, you know, in January, you know, sometimes I think we think we're, you know, really motivated. This is going to be the year, you know, and blah, blah, blah. You know, we say the same things over and over. Um, and then we make these unrealistic, uh, goals for ourselves that we don't hit by this time of year. Um, and oftentimes it's because we don't account for, you know, things that are going to get in our way, obstacles and challenges that we're going to have throughout the year. And so that's um, something that I really like about your approach as far as, you know, 1% better, you know, so to just make these small, tiny um, improvements every day, and you can apply that to your physical fitness, you can apply that to, you know, your nutrition, you can apply that to your own, you know, mental um, mindset, uh, or professional life, or whatever it is, your relationships, um, but, you know, that's also not super motivating sometimes like, oh, just a little bit better every day, like, you know, and I think we need to start thinking more long term, and we need to fall in love with that kind of long term process, because we are never going to stop being physically active. I, I hate to say exercise because if someone thinks, oh gosh, I have to exercise for the rest of my life, I hate exercise. But I mean, just being physically active, which, which means finding something you enjoy doing. Like we have to be able to think about how we can keep that up for the rest of our lives. And that's going to wax and wane and, you know, it's going to go up and down and that's totally fine. Um, what are your thoughts about, you know, how do we kind of stay inspired or motivated to continue to stick with our plan, um, you know, even when, when things come up, because I know you had a personal, um, a family um, medical matter recently that could totally have you thrown you off. Um, I don't know if, how much you feel comfortable talking about it. You don't have to, but, you know, something happened in your family recently that could have totally thrown you off, Jen. How were you able to kind of keep up your, your plan, your exercise plan? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I totally don't mind you asking that because I think, you know, the more we share from a, a genuine place, you know, as human beings, the more we learn from each other and we all go through things. And so my son has had some struggles neurologically that we've been working through. And, you know, there was, there was a few days where literally everything had to be dropped and we were in the hospital with tests and, you know, with him being a minor, yes, I'm lucky he just turned 16. I was able to go to Starbucks and I was able to go to the store and get food. Um, cause we're still in a lot of COVID restrictions. So, um, you know, fortunately he was old enough that I could do that, but I wasn't going very far. And so I made the choice, you know, he's, he's my priority. 
obviously. So for a few days, I was okay with it. And then once we were home, um, I wasn't comfortable leaving him for long periods of time. And so I got to really look at that and how can I arrange my training and also take care of me in the middle of it? Because, you know, I think as moms and dads too, I don't want to, I don't want to put down men at all. Dad's just as important. But I think when we get really busy with jobs and life and, you know, whether it's our own kids or we're an aunt or an uncle, you know, we tend to put everybody else first. And what I even realized in that after a few days of kind of, you know, going through this is how depleted I was. And I was like, I am not going to be any good to him if I'm not also taking care of me. And so it was like, okay, you know, when he was sleeping, I threw my bike on the trainer and did it on my balcony and enjoyed the fact, you know, we've had some really nice weather in Vancouver recently. So I kind of got to create that both end, right? Like I was here for my son and I was able to start moving a bit. And yeah, I altered my training a little bit that it wasn't maybe as long as I would have done, especially those first couple of days. And I was still doing something. So, you know, like we were sort of talking, letting go of that expectation of what it has to look like. And okay, I get to create something in this moment. And then even with him, you know, his balance is way off and things like that. And the, the doctor told us the more he can move, the better. Well, he's really worried about moving. So we did little things like gardening. And, you know, I had him, I had him sitting beside our garden and kneeling on a, on a garden pad and, you know, the pushing, the pulling, the digging, like, yeah, it's not extreme movement, but it's still, he was doing something and it was engaging his mind and it was engaging his body. And, you know, he was able to be outside and have some fresh air and started feeling really good about himself. And it just made me think of, you know, all these creative things that we do around our house and like, even like mowing the lawn is a push and a pull and a, and a turning, you know, and it all is beneficial to the body, even though some days we don't want to mow the lawn. Um, but it's little things like this that, you know, when you don't want to get moving or it's you hard, find a hard time having that motivation. I mean, I got to be honest with you, when you talk about instant gratification, mowing the lawn, to me, is like instant gratification because you <laughs> see the results. <laughs> Right. And I get sweaty mowing the lawn, right? And I feel it in my forearms and in my back and in my shoulders and in my gut. Um, and I think it's just, yeah, like, how do you work with what you have instead of deciding that because you're in a situation that you can't do anything? Yeah, I think, I mean, it might not feel like it, but it's it's really true. Like, we, that's why I hate to use the word exercise. Cause when we, when we say the word exercise, we have a certain idea in our minds of what that has to look like. And usually it's going outside for a run or it's, um, you know, going to the gym and lifting weights or getting on the treadmill or whatever it is. And I mean, um, it's not, you know, we, again, I, I want, I want people to start to think about, the rest of their lives and not just about losing 20 pounds for the summer or, you know, losing 50 pounds for a, you know, a high school reunion or, or something like that, you know, um, because then you got to find the next thing to motivate you. Do you know what I mean? Like if it's just a short-term goal, which is fine because we, you know, th those are fun sometimes. Right. Um, and, and they're important. Um, like for example, next year uh, we're going to go on this, like, like a beach trip mm. and like, I'm going to probably put a little extra, um, you know, a little extra time into my physical activity. 
um, because I'm going to wear a bathing suit, which I haven't worn in a really <laughs> kind of a long time. Right. Um, and I want to be proud of myself. Uh, I want to see what I can make of myself um, before that time. But again, if we just have these short-term goals all the time, then it takes away from, you know, us growing the ability to commit to physical activity in the long term. But I think, you know, like you said, being creative and finding other ways to be physically active besides quote unquote exercising, like gardening, like mowing the lawn, like decluttering our house where we're, you know, we're moving things around, we're throwing things away, we're, you know, taking out the trash, we got to bring the trash cans in. I mean, all that kind of stuff, that's all physical activity. And those are all the things, that's why we do these things, right? That's why we exercise. That's why we try to get in shape so that we are able to do those things for the rest of our lives. At least that's how I see it. What about you? I couldn't agree more. And I, I'd love to share a little story because I've just been working with this really sweet woman who's in her seventies, who unfortunately had to undergo a hip replacement. And we met each other before the surgery, which was really neat. And I was supporting her to start moving again. And, you know, she was tell like, I we sort of say, we tell ourselves these stories, right. Of how it has to look and, and what it's supposed to be like. And so she was telling me, like, I want to move, but I'm in so much pain. And it made sense, right? Physiologically, she is in a lot of pain. And I told her, I said, you know, I'd love you to look at it as movement and not exercise. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, well, what, what does exercise mean to you? And of course, she you was know, lifting weights and walking and, you know, running on a treadmill and riding on a bike and, you know, like all those things that we can kind of list. And I said, well, what does movement mean to you? And she's like, well, that's more like dancing and gardening. And, you know, we sort of went through these lists and I said, so how many things on that movement side can you do even with your hip being in pain? And it was like this whole world opened up to her that she had closed off for two, three years because of her hip pain. And so we were working on having her be a little bit more mobile going into surgery because, you know, the more she was moving before surgery, the better the surgical outcome. And all of a sudden her life just changed. And it doesn't mean she was able to go out and walk a mile or two. She was really, really struggling, but the confidence came of using her walker to go sit outside and do some small gardening on her balcony. Her confidence came that, you know, she would go and she's like, I'm going to clear out, you know, one cupboard every day for the next, or one cupboard, he was one shelf three times a week or something like that. And she had all these little tasks for herself. And the more she completed them, the more excited she got. And the more she was moving and the more her upper body was moving, the more her torso was moving, the more her core was moving, basically removing everything around her hips without actually moving her hips. And I just remember she called me one day out of nowhere. And she's like, I just have to share something with you. And I said, yeah, of course. And she was like, I just vacuumed with purpose. And it was the sweetest thing. And, and for her, it was this monumental, like, you know, her life wasn't running her. She was now in charge of her life again. And yes, you know, there were still some limitations physically with her hip because she hadn't quite had surgery. But for her, it was, I'm doing those day-to-day tasks to the best of my ability and I'm moving my body doing them. And so for her to be able to stand and push the vacuum with purpose, 
was huge. And she's like, I'm not just sort of, you know, doing it slowly. I'm like pushing that and pulling it. And, but for her, it was huge. And then when she did have her surgery, she was ready for her recovery. She was ready for her rehab. And we literally had to tell her to slow down because we're like, you can't actually push this this fast. There is a, <laughs> there is a timeline and we have to be very mindful of that. Um, but it was just amazing to watch her, her shift. And like you say, I love that, you know, not necessarily considering it exercise because there are things that we do in our day-to-day life that still benefit us. Yes. And in what ways can we open our world when we let go of what we think it quote unquote should look like or what it has to look like? Right. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, I know it's early for, many people listening to think about their later years where, you know, we, we just try to hold on to as much independence as we can. You know, we, we, we're going to want to be able to go grocery shopping by ourselves. We're going to be, want to be able to, you know, clean up around the house by ourselves and, and do those types of things. And I think we all know older people who, whether they're our parents or, um, you know, other people, older people that we know, uh, who are independent and those who are not independent. And I mean, it doesn't start in your eighties. Like you have to, you have to like start to develop that kind of mindset now. And of course, you know, you have time, you have time to, to develop the, the physical fitness and, and body to be able to, you know, keep your, your independence, um, later in life. But, um, but this is the time to, to start doing that because, I mean, it doesn't get easier, you know, our bodies do decline and, um, you know, we really have to, to keep it up. Um, Jen, I want to talk to you last, uh, lastly here about environment, because, you know, you and I, we live in the Vancouver area and, um, Vancouver is a very fitness forward city. We look around, people are generally pretty in shape. I mean, people run, they bike, they hike, they ski, um, they, they do, they swim. Um, so we live, we're fortunate to live in an environment where, um, you know, people, you know, you see other people exercise, like, like our environment has a huge influence on us. Right. Like, and, and there's tons of parks. And like you said, UBC's, you know, got trails. And I mean, there's tons of places to, to kind of motivate you to move. Um, plus it's so walkable, you know, there's so many things you can do, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to drive all the time, but there are people listening. I know that, uh, don't live in environments like this. They don't live near, um, you know, trails and parks and, and those types of things. So how do you think people like that can, can kind of be creative in, in how they, um, kind of stay physically active in those types of environments? Um, I mean, I think, first of all, I I encourage people to have a conversation with like close friends or family or, or things like that, and sort of find out like, what do other people do? Because sometimes I think we get so convinced we have to figure it all out by ourselves. And so we don't reach out and say, well, what do you do for fun? Or what do you do for exercise? Um, and I think, you know, I'm trying to think of somewhere that would not have some of these things. I can't actually imagine it. Well, okay. Like for example, years ago, I worked with a woman who lived in, I think Arkansas. I want to say Arkansas. Okay. Um, and there, I mean, we're, we're talking about exercise right now, but I'm, but what I'm picturing is what we were talking about as far as, 
there were no grocery stores or only fast food restaurants around her area. Like to go to a grocery store, she had to travel really far to like find like fresh produce and, uh, you know, whole foods and healthy food. Um, you know, so that's what I mean. It's like, we're fortunate to live in an environment where that stuff is readily available. We have farmer's markets, we have plentiful, you know, fruits and vegetables, and we have um, lots of trees. And so also like, let's talk about uh, Southern California. When I go back home to see my parents and we go for a walk, first of all, if it's in the summertime, it's so hot. It's so, so hot. And there's not a lot of trees. So like, you don't want to go out for a walk because, it's, it's miserable. It's hot and you're in the sun and you're burning and there's no, there's no relief because there's no trees around, you know? So it kind of keeps people inside in the air conditioning where they're comfortable and then, you know, people lose their fitness. So that's what I mean. Like, you know, not everybody lives in an environment like we do. So how can those kind of people, um, you know, stay physically active when it's so hard? Yeah. Like what I said earlier, well, yeah, yeah. When it's hot, <laughs> we also have a, a few choices with timing. Uh, if you're a morning person, you can get up and out early sometimes. I know that's not always an option. Or in the evening. I mean, one of my favorite times to walk is in the evening, right after the sun goes down. And I feel like the world has just become still. And there's just something about that time that just, I don't know what it is, but it feeds my soul. And, um, you know, there's, there's lots and lots of resources online and you know, I'm sure everybody's kind of sick of Zoom and videos and things like that. And there is a lot of resources. And as things do start to open up too, there's swimming pools, indoor and outdoor. There's, you know, yoga classes. There's, um, I know here we're not doing anything high intensity yet um, in terms of classes, but there's there's all sorts of options. And, and sometimes feeding your soul can also look creative like art whether it's painting, whether it's coloring, I know that sounds funny, but we can feed our soul with some of these kind of pieces too, or building something or gardening. I mean, whether you're in a condo and, and maybe get a planter or two and just do some light gardening on your balcony or have a house plant. And I know that sounds really, really funny, but I can't tell you the benefits I've seen from people even having like a small little herb garden in their kitchen. You know, it gets, it gets to be exciting and it gets to be outside the box. And I know this is an awful, awful, <laughs> sounds awful suggestion, but locally here, some of our malls actually have walking programs so that if it is too cold or too hot, or, you know, it's somebody with a mobility issue that may struggle with cracks in the sidewalk, there's options to walk within malls or large buildings. And I think we forget about little pieces like that sometimes. And it feels funny to be like, okay, well, I don't want to go to a mall to move. But sometimes that is the safest place for somebody. Or like you say, if it's sweltering hot, most of the time they're air conditioned. And it is an option. And it's, like I said, it's not my first option, but it's an option. And it's a very viable option for people that really need it. Right. Yeah. And like they say, and it's been true for me as much as I hated it at times and not felt like it, like we don't regret moving just because there are just so many benefits. And if you can put yourself in an environment that you enjoy, you know, if you like to be outdoors and it's um, safe for you to be outdoors, meaning also, you know, we do have to think about the sun and it, it, it is harmful to be out in the sun a lot. Um, so, you know, that's not good for our health, you know, so we don't want to sacrifice physical activity for 
you know, skin cancer, right? But, um, you know, we want to be smart and we want to just kind of, you know, think about ourselves, what's going to keep us motivated to, to keep moving and not just think about exercise. You know, that's the old way of thinking. Just thinking that our health is all about how much we exercise or how good we eat. You know, I think we, we think about those things in, um, you know, by themselves, but our health, like Jen's talking about is so many things. It's gardening, it's having a house plant, like it's being creative in, um, you know, bringing that part out of you, whether it's doing some art or, um, you know, whatever it is, like we got to find those things because it's about our entire health and it, it all helps everything else, you know? So we want to make sure we're eating healthy. Yes. We want to make sure we're exercising. Yes. We want to make sure we're sleeping well. We want to make sure we keep our stress down. We want to make sure that we have social connection in our lives. Um, and that we're having me time, of course, you know, that, that time for ourselves. So, um, anyway, I just wanted to kind of share that, but Jen, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to see your new website. I know you've updated it. So I'm going to put that in the show notes so people can go check that out as well. Thank you. So thanks so much again, Jen. I really always love talking with you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kim. If you find the Me Time Midlife podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. The best way is to simply tell your midlife friends about it. It also helps the show's visibility if you rate and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or simply directly in your Apple Podcasts app if you listen to the show that way. And if you want more Me Time in your life and continue the conversations we have on the show with other women on a similar journey, consider joining our Me Time Midlife community on Facebook. Simply search for Me Time Midlife Community in your Facebook search bar or go to metimemidlifepodcast.com to learn more. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, remember, you've been taking care of everyone else. It's your turn to take care of you.